Hello and welcome to the We Are Guernsey podcast, where we bring you interviews with leaders from global financial services, as well as news and developments from Guernsey's financial services sector. My name is Brandon Ashplant, and I am Senior Strategy and Technical Executive here at We Are Guernsey. For those not familiar with Guernsey, the island is a leading global finance centre. The success of the industry here is underpinned by economic substance, political stability and asset security committed to the cause of sustainable finance. Guernsey is this year celebrating the centenary of the first captive being launched on the island. And we are very pleased to be welcoming Ben Davies, Senior Underwriter and Client Manager at Willis Towers Watson, onto the podcast today. Uh, in this episode, we'll be exploring the uses of captives and Guernsey's position in the marketplace, both historically and looking forwards to the future. So without further ado, welcome, Ben. Hi there. Thank you very much. So perhaps, you know, we begin with some introductions. You know, can, can you tell us a bit about yourself and, and how you ended up at, at Willis? Sure. Um, I uh, started in insurance um, back in 2005, um, working in the UK uh, for an insurance broker and then moved on and worked uh, for an insurer and then for um, a mutual um, insurance company. Um, so it's been really interesting not only to do those uh, three roles within the UK, uh, but now move across to Guernsey and uh, dip dip my toe in into captive insurance. Um, I've been absolutely loving it. Um, it's a fascinating uh, part of the industry and one that I fully intend to uh, to stick with for the foreseeable future. Interesting. So, you know. Often people in, in, the, in the world of financial services have heard the term captive. They vaguely might know what it kind of is. But just to kind of pin things down a bit for the listeners, you know, when we say captive insurance, you know, what do we actually mean? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll try and put this as, as simply as I can, because it, it is, in fact, quite, quite a straightforward concept. Um, but an, an organizational business would usually purchase their commercial insurance cover from an insurance company. Um, a very uh, similar process, uh, Brandon, to the, the way that you and I would purchase, say, car insurance. But captive insurance is slightly different in that instead of purchasing insurance from a commercial insurance company, um, a, uh, it, it will start up its very own insurance business and it will purchase insurance in that way. Essentially, a, a captive insurer uh, would behave just like a commercial insurer. It will provide insurance cover, it will issue policies, it will charge a premium and pay claims. Yet its function traditionally, um, as I mentioned, is, is only to ensure the risks of its parent company. Okay, and and where did the industry kind of come from? Because it is kind of, I mean, it's it's kind of like other things we see out in the market, if you like, in the wider kind of world of financial services. But it is also quite niche in the sense of it's to a degree ring fenced and that sort of thing. So how did it kind of emerge, and where does it kind of come from? Um, I mean, the, the the very first registered captive insurance company in the world um, was registered here um, on the island of Guernsey. In 1922, um, it was a, a multinational food group called Vesties, um, who 
set up its own insurance company um, and they called that company Commercial Insurance Corporation Limited. Um, initially, they used uh, this, this captive insurance company uh, to provide insurance cover for their commercial uh, property assets. Um, and Commercial Insurance Corporation Limited ended up running for over 80 years, um, covering a wide variety of Vestes uh, risks during, uh, during that period. To be honest, captives don't normally run for that long, but that was, <laughs> that was, that was a really, um, that had a, a very long life cycle, but they're not always running for, for 80 years. Um, remarkably, um, the, the aim and the, the purpose of setting up a captive insurance company it hasn't really changed, Brandon, since since 1922. I know that 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 seems strange to say, um, but the actual primary purpose of setting up a, a an insurance company like this um, it re- really hasn't changed at all. And the reason to to start up a captive company it can vary depending on what benefit the parent company is looking to gain from the whole process. Um, the parent company might um, want to access the reinsurance market or um, they may wish to have more control over their risk management and uh, claims. Um, they may wish to um, reduce the overall um, total cost of their risk. And it, it really does vary of what you want out of it. Um, but the captive company will provide all of those things and more. Um, but it's, it, I think it's, it's never for short-term game. It's, it's definitely a company who starts up their own insurance company is in it for the long haul. Whether or not it, it, it will last for 80 years is another matter. Um, but I think the actual purpose of, of setting up a, a captive will vary depending on, on what you want to get out of it. Yeah, and, and, and you sort of touched on some of the benefits there already, uh, Ben. But mm. are there, I mean, if, I, you know, if, if there's a firm out there and, um, and they're looking at how to kind of best structure their kind of insurance in many ways, and, and obviously, like mm. you say, there's, there's cost benefits to captives and obviously there's the ability to enter the, uh, the reinsurance marketplace. And yes. So but is there kind of an, you know, across sectors, if you like, and across kind of industries, when it comes to setting up captives, is there... Um, kind of an obvious benefit over kind of traditional methods of insurance or or, or is it really just nuanced? Um, I, th- I think it's it's nuanced to a, to a certain degree. There are um, more general advantages and benefits from starting up your own your own captive. Um, I mean one way to uh, differentiate um, between the uh, benefits is separating them into um, strategic um, benefits and financial benefits. Um, an, an example of the um, strategic benefits could be that uh, you will be able to um, centralize your risk management function, um, either all of your risk management function or part of it. Um, which in turn will provide um, a more effective control, um, which in turn should have a a positive effect on the frequency and severity of your claims. Um, Potentially, you may have lots of different facilities either spread over a country or or over the whole world, um, 
which uh, are allocated to different cost centers. Um, so you can actually allocate costs um, more efficiently um, across your, uh, your various cost centers. Um, you can smooth out fluctuations in the insurance market. Um, I suppose this one you could say is both a strategic and a financial benefit. Uh, but if insurance cover is either too expensive to purchase or it might be written on a very restrictive basis or in some uh, circumstances completely unobtainable, um, then that's where a captive can fill in these gaps um, and tailor the cover that it provides um, for what are sometimes very, very unique risks. Another financial benefit would be that the captive can achieve cost savings through the accumulation of its risks um, because they are managed just through one captive entity, uh, whereas previously you might have lots of different facilities managing the risk. By using a captive, you really are focusing that risk management just on, on, on one central office. Um, and a captive insurer can be very, very useful in the event, as I mentioned just a moment ago, in the, in the event that there are unusual or unique risks um, for a business to cover. Um, I've mentioned whether it, it might not be economically viable um, or possible to purchase an insurance, uh, but through a captive company, you are able to cover those risks. Yeah, and 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 you know, if, if we're kind of playing it in in layman's terms, in many respects, when we say um, that a firm's going to kind of set up its own captive and um, uh, and they're going to going to operate their insurance model in that that kind of way, what it, what kind of role do you play in that process? When, when do you kind of step in, and, and what what kind of um, what kind of advice do you typically kind of provide? Um, I mean, my my role here at uh, Willis Towers Watson is is split into two really. Um, not only am I a uh, client manager, uh, where I would look after the day to day running of um, the captive clients that I am allocated, uh, but I'm also looking after the new business side of things um, here as well. Um, we're at a a, um, a time uh, where there's a lot going on externally and within the insurance market itself, which means that not only is it a very exciting time to be part of um, captive new business, but it's also a very, very busy, <laughs> very busy time, which is, which can only be a good thing. <laughs> right. Good news. Um, and, and, you know, what kind of companies and, and industries would you say typically come to you looking to kind of establish a captive and, and operate their insurance in this kind of way? Is there kind of typically industries that kind of steer clear from it? Or, you know, is it entertainment or is it hard, hard sort of core things? Is it what, what kind of stuff do you typically see? Um, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have said there were there was any um, set criteria for um, either a trade or a type of company that, that wanted to set up their own um, captive. Um, essentially, in in Guernsey and as part of the um, the GFSE framework, all insurance companies, whether captives or or commercial insurance companies, they have um, certain solvency requirements which they have to meet. So, essentially, the criteria is really stipulated by by the regulator, whereby if you meet the solvency requirements um, as as set out, um, then you are able to uh, to go through the process and uh, and open up 
your own insurance company, your own your own captive business. Um, so that's really the only uh, stipulation. Um, of course, captive insurance and the the starting up your own captive lends itself um, naturally to larger companies. Um, those with strong balance sheets and available capital to invest in a project like this um, because of the cost involved with running your own in- insurance company. But technically speaking, as long as you are meeting the the regulator's stipulations for setting up a captive in, in, in Guernsey, um, then it, it could be any business in any trade, really. So it's pretty pretty open, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think some risk managers are actually quite shocked to, uh, to actually find out about the actual costs of setting up a captive, um, the criteria and the actual thresholds that they would have to meet. Um, I think that they're often very, very surprised that these are actually a lot lower than they, than they initially thought. Really? That's, that's interesting. Um, I mean, you know, we're kind of the biggest advocates for Guernsey, uh, as you as you well know. Um, and, and Guernsey, I mean, I think it's, it's probably fair to say, and I think research that we've even conducted internally, but also stuff we we see coming out of the uh, the local um, regulator, the, the the GFSC, the Guernsey Financial Services Commission, is that you know Guernsey now holds roughly, I think it's a third of European um, kind of the captive market ratio, if you like. And yes. Obviously, that's a huge chunk of business, um, and clearly we're doing something right. Um, what makes Guernsey such an attractive place to administrate these kind of structures? I mean, Guernsey has has always had a very very strong infrastructure. Um, it's it's always had um, talent on the island to actually um, staff captive uh, captive managers. Um, but probably more important than than both of those are that Guernsey has always um, been innovative. Um, that's that's really the key the key aspect. Guernsey has always looked for innovation, um, and I think in combination with its uh, geographical proximity uh, to London, uh, which has always been acknowledged as the the primary in insurance location in the world. Um, it, Guernsey as a domicile has a unique con- combination of attributes, um, which I think is why it's been Europe's number one captive domicile for so long. Um, I mean, having said that, the local insurance industry, um, as well as you guys at uh, We Are Guernsey, we refuse to sit on our laurels and are constantly striving for further innovations um, and and those unique solution driven offerings to provide to our to our um, global client base I, th- I think at, at this point it's probably I'd, I'd like to give a special mention to the regulator the GFSE because not only do they provide a very very robust uh, framework in which for captives to operate that framework is also quite flexible and it's a very responsive regulatory regime um, which is I think a lot quicker and definitely less less prescriptive um, than solvency two or equivalent regimes Um, and I think it's this kind of governance and framework that ensures the island remains an attractive proposition um, for any firm looking to set up a captive insurance company. 
so um so yeah we you know we mentioned earlier and we've touched on it sort of earlier in the podcast but you know Guernsey's this year marking you know 100 years of the first kind of captive being set up on the island and you know could you tell us a bit about the significance of this to, to your industry and your your sector locally Sure. I mean, it's it's hugely significant um, to the captive industry. It's something that we're incredibly, incredibly proud of. Um, you know, a, a centenary anniversary is always something to live, to be celebrated, regardless of, of what it is. Um, but especially when we consider that captive insurance has been at the forefront of local uh, financial services for such an extended period of time. Um, each sector of, of Guernsey's finance industry has its own individual attributes and the captive industry is no different, um, but its unique selling point has always been its innovation. Ever since the uh, inception of uh, captives way back in 1922, when Bessie's group started up the world's first captive insurance company, this pioneering mentality has continued um, throughout the years with innovation after innovation after innovation. Just to very briefly touch on a, a few of these, um, in 1997, we had the Protected Soul Company, first developed on the island of Guernsey and celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, um, something which has been duplicated and copied and used in financial centres. Um, across the world. In 2007, the first insurance-linked securities transaction was performed again here on the island of Guernsey. Um, and more recently, only last year, the Guernsey International Insurance Association developed the world's first environmental, social and governance framework, which included a kite mark upon accreditation for its insurance members. Okay. And... and um... Just to change the kind of conversation a little bit here um, and, and focus to perhaps events around the world uh, some more, you know, we, we've been through a turbulent few years and, and, and you know, it goes without saying the, the COVID pandemic um, and recently the, the, the conflict in Ukraine as well. Um, and, and actually more recently, the inflationary concerns on, on, on the global kind of macroeconomic environment. How have these affected the, the, the captive insurance industry? Um... I mean, <laughs> that's it's a, it's a very good question, <laughs> and it's a very interesting uh, question, Brandon. Um, it's I think the answer is is it could take a while, so I think it probably deserves a much longer answer than I'm able to provide during this podcast. But I'll I'll try and keep it as as succinct as uh, possible. Um, the cyclical nature of financial markets in in general and specifically insurance markets um, are by their very nature an essential part of how and why we all use risk transfer mechanisms in the first place. Um, and the dramatic world events which you, which you mentioned just now um, have naturally had a significant effect on the traditional insurance market um, to which to, to a certain extent captive insurance has been shielded um, from from this um, from from the effects of of this, but it's during these times of uncertainty and and turmoil that the benefits of owning a captive company are actually most apparent. Um, and it's the reason why Guernsey has seen and continues to see um, a high number of new business inquiries in respect to setting up 
uh, new captive companies. It's because of these challenging market conditions that we're seeing this push for new business. Um, the traditional uh, commercial insurance market suffers from, from these events that you just mentioned, and its reaction to these events is to stifle growth and essentially to protect what it has, um, whether that's through increasing their premiums, placing restrictive terms onto policies, and, ex and in extreme cases, um, completely shutting up shop. A captive, on the other hand, will always be open for business um, and will look to fill in those gaps um, where the commercial market is either not able to or is uh, only be able, able to provide cover on very uh, restrictive basis. So it's really during these challenging years um, that we see captives thrive. And for those who follow the market or, or work in, in the captive insurance industry itself, you know, they'll know what the industry is experiencing and what we mean when we say sort of hard market. But for those who don't know, you know, could you explain to us what is meant by the term hard market and, and what, what that kind of means in the uh, captive insurance industry? Yes. Um, the characteristics of, of a hard market is that capacity for insurers to write certain risks decreases. And in turn, similar to any supply and demand model, insurance premiums will increase. Um, this is as opposed to a soft market where insurers are increasing their market share by offering cheaper rates, attractive policy wordings, and reduced excesses. Um, and as the underwriting standards uh, relax during a soft market, inevitably over time, um, the result of this is increased claims in both frequency and severity. And when insurers find that there is insufficient premium to cover their losses, that's uh, when a combination of that plus external market forces, which we spoke about, um, such as the pandemic, wars and high inflation, it shifts the market from soft to hard. Um, I've mentioned the effects of hard market conditions, but it's important to mention that this also have a, has a significant effect on captives, specifically because this is when running your own insurance company brings the most amount of benefit. A captive doesn't have to mirror the high premiums or the increased excesses or the restrictive clauses because a captive insurer is only considering the risk profile of its parent company. And this makes setting up a captive very, very attractive to organizations who do not wish to be adversely affected by the cyclical nature of the market. And this in turn brings consistency, predictability, and in the majority of cases, profitability, all of which when dealing with risk and insurance are vitally important. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a good time to get it get involved and get a get a captive set up then in many respects. For sure, absolutely. Not only have we have we seen the numbers of new business inquiries significantly increase, um, I think the future of captives um, is is really really bright. And and that kind of leads into our final question, Ben. Um, you know, we've touched on the past and the present and uh, and how these kind of uh, international um, events affect and have knock-on impacts on the, uh, mm. the insurance industry and the wider 
kind of world and the approach by uh, the private sector to to relook at kind of the captive model and whether they should get involved or not. Um, where do you see the long term maybe future of captives and how is Guernsey kind of best placed or not maybe to uh, to kind of service this this marketplace? Um, I mean, I, I, first of all, I, th I think it's very, very well positioned. I think we're in a really, really good place at the moment. And although I've, I've mentioned throughout this uh, podcast that any captive insurance company um, only insures the risk of its parent company, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go back on that slightly because as the captive concept has developed and grown in in combination with the flexibility provided by our local regulator, it's actually now allowing uh, captive companies to write not only first-party risks, but those of a third party. And this slightly different type of setup is referred to in the industry as affinity business. And we're really seeing this as, as an important development within the local industry um, and an area of significant growth. Um, as I mentioned previously, I think Guernsey is very, very well placed to capture this growth of affinity business. And although it's a, a very new development, um, I see this as another uh, very important chapter to add to uh, Guernsey's innovative um, finance sector history. Aside from that, I, I think for a, for a while now, Guernsey has been recognised as an international hub for reinsurance and insurance-linked securities uh, with special purpose insurers uh, used for catastrophe bonds, sidecars and life-based securitisation. Guernsey continues to innovate with the introduction of the world's first mixed-purpose PCC ICC, which is both a licensed insurance company and a regulated fund. I think the other hot topic at the moment worth mentioning is uh, sustainable finance. Um, it's a, a priority for most organizations across the world with topics such as whether it's biodiversity, the uh, energy transition, um, as well as carbon offsetting. Um, and no doubt many of these challenges that the corporate world are facing at the moment um, will be discussed next month um, at your We Are Guernsey um, Sustainable Finance Week. Um, so I know myself and a number of my colleagues are, are looking forward to, to attending that. Um, and just just on that topic, that the most suitable example of applying sustainable finance to alternative risk transfer is the first humanitarian catastrophe bond covering pure volcanic eruption, which was completed uh, using a Guernsey insurance-linked security structure. Um, I think probably my, my final uh, point on uh, the future of um, not only captives, but of um, alternative risk transfer would be to mention pension longevity swaps. This type of arrangement um, essentially it limits the exposure um, of a pension company um, in the event that its members um, live longer. Uh, we've seen significant um, swap deals here in Guernsey uh, for very high profile companies BT and Towers Watson, just to name uh, two. And the expectation is for Guernsey's, uh, Guernsey's success in this arena um, to continue for the foreseeable future. Okay, well, that's, that's great. Thank you very much, Ben. You're very welcome. Good to speak to you.
good to speak to you and and, and thank you for making the time today and, and for explaining some of the history and, and the current usage of captives on the island and for even just there at the end kind of outlining the real range of achievements Guernsey's made in the sustainable finance space all the way through to the kind of innovations we've been uh, we've been pushing effectively for the last kind of 25 years um it's a real testament to the island and, and the industry's achievements here and thanks also to you for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this discussion, we have a library of interviews and panel discussions on the We Are Guernsey podcast channel. You can check them out by searching for We Are Guernsey on your preferred podcast platform. To find out more about Guernsey's success in sustainability, as Ben mentioned, uh, you can tune into our system channel, the Guernsey Green Finance Podcast. To find out more about Guernsey and its captive offering, head over to weareguernsey.com. But for now, thank you for listening and it's goodbye from Guernsey.